In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Dear Senor and Senorita, como esta usted? Welcome to El Ghost Chronicles International. Oh no, wait, it's live. I'm sorry. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, as usual, my co-host, the Queen of Pain, Miss Maureen. Hey, how you doing, everybody? I don't know. How are you? I'm just ducky. I'm still trying to log in, so like, no. All right, everybody logging in. Talk to the audience. Okay, I, I got a, I got a, I got a complaint. Huh? Really? I do. For who? For you. What I do? Well, you know what? I woke up this morning. My freaking neck was killing me. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So it's killing me. So the other day. My eyes are like all dried out and everything else. So I said, what the hell is this? So Jan's eyes were all dried out. Yeah. So my neck was killing me today. So guess what? Lorraine, my good friend's neck, hurt her neck. So, uh, you know, I get your hot flashes and Jan's dry eye and Lorraine's sore neck. I'm turning into freaking you. <laughs> that's a problem. That's a big problem. I think that's cool. No, I am not the king of pain. This ain't happening. Ah, I think it is. So Jan says to me, Ron, you've got a strong mind. Just block that. Oh, <laughs> she is right. I shall block it. You shall block it. Well, good luck with that one. What do you mean? Well, no, you know, I think when you have when you care about somebody, that's a lot of times that you're um, really what's your connection. So you have said it's a good frame. Good friend, good friend, Lorraine. Right. Yeah. So you know, you're bound to stop picking up some. Uh, Energy. This, this is a bunch of bull, bull crap. Okay. It ain't happen. Anyways, so what, what happens when I open my emails? I get two requests to do readings. All right. This ain't happening. Look what you're doing to me. You're taking me down the dark side. <laughs> I am not going down the dark oh, side. Oh, stop it. Stop your whining. You're already going. on the dark side. You're in nope. the dark. What can we say? I'm quitting radio. That's it. Yeah, okay. Done with radio. Yep, yep, yep. Anywho. Yep. So what's the plan there, Stan? Oh, yeah, we got some people calling in. But anyways, I actually have some uh, something I want to talk about. Now, of course, you heard about that shooting at uh, Fort Hood, right? Yes, I did. It was horrible. I, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in the news, and, and you read a lot of things and everything else. But I managed to pick up one little cool thing that was, like, overlooked by everyone. Really? Yeah. What was that? Well, I don't know if you know that there, but there was a priest there, a military priest, what they call them, chaplains. Yep. Yep, Catholic. 
And um, he was there, and, he, and you know, there was like nine people dead there or anything else. But anyways, he, they interviewed him on the news. And as it turns out, he was in Boston a couple weeks before talking to uh, Sean O'Malley, the, the bishop of the Archdiocese in Boston. Yeah. He says, I don't want to go to Fort Hood. He says, there's something dark and evil there. He says, I don't want to go there. Really? And he told him that. He That's told, before it happened. So nobody else picked that up in the news, but I was—I uh, actually picked that up. So I don't know. That's cool. Well, not cool. Well, I mean, no, seriously. The fact that the fact that these—I um, mean, what's your thoughts? Seriously? My thought is, well, I mean, evidently he sent something, and there might have been a lot of darkness around that the place and around that person. You know, maybe he just tapped into something that was was around there. You know, there's so many things to say. Why do good people do bad things? You ever hear of that? Yeah. It could be an influence of a negative energy. Exactly. Well, I personally believe that there are negative energies or whatever you want to call them, demonic spirits that will actually, you know, go around and actually in search of a weak mind or in search of someone that they can influence. A weak mind. Yeah. I mean, if you have someone that's a broken mind, maybe someone's will is broken. Maybe someone's so depressed that they can't get out of it, maybe they just give up. Who knows? I mean, do we know for sure? But it's possible that that's the time when if you're in that, you know, bad spot, that something doesn't come in and rear its ugly head. Yeah. I had uh, Johnny Fiore at Ghost Chronicles International on Tuesday, and she was telling me that, uh, you know, we're talking about Ouija boards again. It seems like always a big topic of conversation. And she's saying whether it's a Ouija board or dowsing, whatever, you have to be really careful because there is some inherent danger from doing this. Right. Well, anytime you open up, you always have to be. And careful. that's what happened. People don't realize that they are opening up. Anyways, we actually uh, have a guest on the uh, phone, so why don't we bring her on and uh, let's we'll get back to that in a minute. Hello, Diane. You there? Hello, Ron. How are you? Good. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm uh, Diane Felsberg, the Assistant Site Director at the Old Manse in Concord, Massachusetts. Cool. Now, you know we're going to the Old Manse on Saturday, don't you? I do. We're looking forward to that. Yes, we will be doing a ghost hunt, uh, so I'm uh, really excited about that. But you actually have a little bit of history, though. Most, most people don't even know what the Old Manse is, and this is like a a rough gem that's, that's you know, kept secret, actually. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the old manse and, and uh, what you know about it? Well, I would love to because you're right. It is a uh, well-kept secret, and it's actually a very wonderful old house. Uh, it's a property of the Trustees of Reservations, which is a nonprofit organization in Massachusetts that owns uh, over 100 properties. And they are uh, farms, fields, forests, and historic houses. And the old manse itself is um, a historic house museum. And we like to think of it as being, or call it, home to two revolutions. Uh, it was built in 1770. Uh, so it was there before the battle at the North Bridge, uh, which was in its backyard. Uh, and really, uh, the beginning of the American Revolution happened there on April 19, 1775. 
Uh, and the house is very much as it was uh, when it was built. It's remarkably unchanged. And it's been in the same family. Uh, it was in the same family from 1770 until 1939. What uh, family so would that be? That would be the Emerson Ripley's. So the house was built by William Emerson and his wife, Phoebe. And it uh, turns out uh, William Emerson was the minister in town in 1770. And it turns out that the uh, ministers were some of the most uh, anti-British of all the colonists. And William Emerson was one of those. Uh, he was preaching sedition from his pulpit every Sunday. And uh, the uh, uh, English spy, uh, an English spy that came out to Concord said of him that he was a very bad subject of the king, uh, which was something of an honor in Concord. Uh, but uh, sadly, William dies... Uh, he joins the army after the uh, Revolutionary War begins, uh, and he dies of uh, camp fever. And his wife uh, marries the second minister in town, Ezra Ripley. And uh, it is their descendants that are in that house until 1939, when they uh, give it to the trustees, along with all of their possessions collected uh, of, over um, uh, more than 200 years. And that's what you see when you go there today. It's... Um, one of our guides like to say, like to say um, it's as if the family just, you know, happens to be away and you walk in the house and you see it, um, just as if they were living there. Now, uh, Hawthorne also lived there for a little time, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, it, he's the only, uh, he and his wife, Sophia Peabody, uh, lived there for three years. Uh, they came there on their wedding day in 1842. And uh, they're the only non-family members to really... Um, uh, you know, be the masters of the house for any length of time. And uh, Hawthorne um, writes about how old the house is uh, when he arrives. Uh, he he uh, mentions the two tall gateposts of rough-hewn stone down at the uh, front of the path and uh, how old it all seems as he's walking up to this old gray parsonage uh, in 1842. And uh, the amazing thing is you can still walk that path, see the very same thing that he's describing. Um, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, Diane, have you experienced any paranormal activity at all yourself? Where'd that come from? I'm asking. Uh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Now, the interesting part, though, isn't there in one of the texts uh, I believe it was the Emerson that wrote about the ghost of the manse. Um, he may have. I I'm familiar with Hawthorne having written about. Um, oh yeah, about Hawthorne. My my apologies. You're absolutely right. So what did Hawthorne write? Uh, in his introduction to a short story collection called The Old Man, um, uh, which is just a very wonderful piece of writing about the house and the land, um, he does. Uh, mention, um, if I can uh, uh, recall, uh, two or three different, um, I guess you would say ghosts, he mentions. Um, he talks about um, hearing um, what he assumes, I think, is a cook or a servant in the kitchen. So he's hearing kitchen sounds. Um, he also mentions... Um, uh, he and his friends sitting in the parlor uh, one evening and uh, feeling or believing they hear the rustle of 
what he thinks might be a minister's gown uh, sweeping past them. And then uh, he also mentions, I think, rustled paper and sighs that he hears in the house. Uh, so he does talk about that. Uh, I mean, so that's that's kind of interesting in itself. Oh yes, yes. Um, I guess I'm a I'm a bit of a skeptic, and uh, and when it comes to Hawthorne, because he is a fiction writer, um, how much he may be talking literally versus figuratively, I'm not sure myself. Uh, mm-hmm. But he does he does get rather specific, uh, mentioning the kinds of noises he hears in the kitchen and so forth. I think he talks about coffee grinding and um, uh, ironing and things like that. Right. But I know that some of those sets there have, uh, I guess, witnessed uh, certain things there. I'm sorry, I didn't quite uh, catch that, Ron. Could you repeat your question? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I do know that some of the tour guys or dosettes there uh, have witnessed uh, some interesting things. That, that I do know. I have heard them. I have heard people talk about that, yes. Haven't had any experiences myself. So are you one of those uh, show me and I'll believe? <laughs> well, I sometimes walk around and say, okay, come out, uh, but they don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess I, guess I yeah. am. Are you going to be there Saturday, buddy, any chance? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Are you going to be there on Saturday evening? Uh, regretfully, no. I have to be somewhere else. I would love to be able to watch uh, what you're doing and, uh, you know, be a part of this. But maybe you'll come back. I think so. But, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. I know that last time we were there... Uh, the baby carriage in the attic actually moved across the uh, floor, and we did have the uh, uh, door in the closet of Hawthorne's uh, room open as well. So, I mean, those were two uh, pretty interesting uh, things that happened. Oh, they are indeed, and, and I've, I've heard um, the other the folks that were there talking about the carriage. That's quite, quite interesting. And the attic, attic, of course, is a wonderful place. Um, I do believe I've heard um, heard that uh, maybe Concord residents or someone, I, I don't recall the entire story, um, have reported seeing a woman uh, up in that uh, attic window, the room where they say yeah. uh, one of the uh, descendants um, uh, watched for her husband to come home from the Civil War. Uh, so I have heard that story. Um, oh, the attic, or the attic for those who haven't been there is really like a third story on the house, and it has uh, kind of rustic uh, bed chambers up there, and quite a long history um, of uh, people who have who have been in that attic. Uh, it used to be um, there's one room in particular that was used for uh, visiting ministers, and there's a lot of writing and things that have been left on the wall over the years. Yes, I, I found that room. It's actually a, a yelling, um, what do you call it, yelling closet or yellow, yelling something in there. Oh, yes. Oratory, I think they call it. I'm sorry, Diane, can't hear you. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah. Um, what was uh, that phone call? What's that? What was the room called? Uh, the uh, Saints Chamber, or sometimes the Oratory. Mm-hmm. So there are. Um, I believe that the um, visiting ministers, of which there were many over the years, um, would stay in that room and they would practice their um, sermons up there. In the, I think you're thinking of the small, small, very small um, room, almost a closet off of the uh, bed chamber. Right. And, and the interesting thing is, there is writing by the ministers still on the wall there. Oh yes. Quite a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. And I believe there is some writing also in the glass in some of the rooms as well. Uh, this is probably the, the um, thing about the house that uh, visitors remember the most over the years. They will come back 20 years later and go to these window panes that, because they remember the writing. It's um, Nathaniel Hawthorne and his wife, Sophia, actually etching on the window, um, and uh, it's in two different places in the house. In one place, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hawthorne are writing back and forth to each other on the window pane. Oh, wow. Very romantic and uh, a very personal connection, I think, to these people that lived there 150-some years ago. I agree. I mean, it's absolutely a, a, a phenomenal place. There is a uh, cupboard there that I believe uh, Emerson himself uh, actually cut to bring inside the house, and that is still there. Yes, I believe that's tr- that's the case. Um, there's a clock there that uh, from 1768 that uh, still ticks. You can hear the same ticking and chiming that uh, all of these characters heard over the years. That's um, all just right there, all collected by the family. And so a lot of the um, the furniture in the building, is it all original or is it changed out sometimes? Uh, no, it really is all original, uh, collected by the family uh, from 1770 on. I would say the bulk of it is about middle 1700s to middle 1800s. So uh, it is all uh, very unusual to have a house and the furniture uh, that was there, uh, and, and this is what we have at the old man, so it's very special. And what's also interesting, too, is the North Bridge, of course, is, is right on the edge of the property, and, and there is also a stone there where ley lines uh, go through. The, yes, the uh, bridge was, uh, and now it's part of the National Park Service, it was uh, the backyard of this house um, on the day of the battle. And of course, there were um, there are the graves of British soldiers out there, um, and uh, it's a place where um, Patriot soldiers and British both died on that day. Uh, and the graves are out there. Um, right. Hawthorne writes about this story, wishing that uh, he could open up the grave to see if he can finally get an answer about the story that's been, um, I guess, passed around since that day. That um, uh, one of the British soldiers was killed by a young boy who actually worked at the manse um, uh, with an axe. So you all may have heard that story, pretty famous story. And uh, Hawthorne writes that he hopes that he wishes he could open up the grave to 
to finally get the answer, find out if it was true or not. Yeah, you know, you know what's kind of cool, though, is that Tom, who is uh, the managing director of the uh, Max, is British. Yes, and that's I right. Find that, I find that very amusing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, so, I mean, anything would stir up ghosts, it would be having a British in that house, someone from the, the U.K. in there. Well, he likes to say that, uh, you know, he's um, able to give both sides of the story, bring another perspective in, the British side. Well, we want to thank you so much for calling in, and we look forward to uh, going to the manse uh, on Saturday, Diane. Uh, we are having a ghost hunt there, and uh, tickets are available at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. And, uh, well, I'm sorry I won't see you there, but we will be back again, I'm sure. Well, very good, and uh, I know they're all really looking forward to having you uh, this Saturday. And, um, I mean, you can't find a house with more uh, history and stories, uh, so I do hope that uh, it's a good visit for all of you to come. Well, thank you, Diane. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good night. Cheers. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that sounds you like... You haven't been there yet, have you? I have not. Oh, this place is rocking. I have, whenever I saw that, that baby carriage actually move across and push someone, and I don't mean just roll against them, push them, actually push them. That, is, to me, is the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen in all my days of investigating. It was phenomenal. That is, that's cool. Sorry. Oh, well. You're awful talking. I know. It's just what's right. wrong with me. <laughs> anyway. No, I actually was going to bring something up before you continue on. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot to add about the man's. I don't know anything about it. I haven't you been there. It. Couldn't you just project yourself over there and make a peeky? No. That's not how it works, Laura. It does. Laura and I, on the way to Gainsbury, projected if ourselves. If you intentionally do it, I did not. Well, it's not my fault. Well, I'm not doing it. Well, you should pat yourself. I don't want to. Anyway. Well, listen. I want to, uh, I'm going to tell you about something quickly, my experience that I had going down to um, Connecticut this weekend. You had an experience? I did. Really? Well, I Next have to stop say, by State Troopers? No, no, no. I actually went to, um, you know, go visit my daughter and her boyfriend at his place, right? Yeah. He was working. I went into the house. Now, come on. I'm trying to be really nice. I walk into the house, and I will say, I look at this convex that they live in, and it's pleasing to the eye, but oh, Dear God, when I walked into this place, I was wanted to throw up, walked around the place, and the energy was so horrific in that building that it was like somebody was just stabbing a knife in my head. Mm-hmm. So I walked from room to room, was kind of asking her things were going. I asked her if she was even sleeping in that place. Could she sleep? She's like, no, ma, I can't sleep. I even bought one of those, uh, you know, the sound, sound machines, machines. Awesome. to try to get over it because I don't know why, and her boyfriend is sick all the time. Yeah, I got one of those with a wolf bane. Wolf bane? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. No, of course you didn't get that one. No. But the point is, is that I was just going to talk to people about sometimes, you know, you're not picking up on the energies all yeah. the time that's around you. Yeah. And it could be making you sick or making you not sleep or causing some interference somehow. You're picking it up, but you don't realize where it's coming from. Um, what happened is I found out, and I said to her, there was something horrible that happened in this place as far as the energy, and they live in this area where there's a lot of granite, a lot of stone, yeah. and I think it's holding it like an impression, like a memory. It wasn't spiritual, like it was a spirit here. It was more like just like dirty energy. 
and uh, I could feel misery and sadness, and like somebody was throwing somebody down the stairs and hurting them. It turns out there was a um, they, this woman who sold them this conduct had big bars across the bottom of the stairs, had bars at the door. We're talking big, thick bars. She used to lock her kids in the cellar. She'd lock the kids, and she said that they were handicapped. So to her, she would lock them in the room to keep them safe. And I just think that there was so much more that went on that really didn't come out, and there was a lot more misery. So needless to say, I'm going to have to make a trip up there or something or send our friends from the Spirit Light Network to go and do some cleansing. Cleansing. We don't, need no, we don't need no speaking friends. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, no way in hell. We need, I need something going there. I'm getting like... Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to go back and take a trip up there, but um, it's just, it really it makes me sad to have no stay there. But anyway, I just want to tell people, remind you to be aware of your surroundings. You know, you never know. Absolutely. And speaking about being aware of surroundings, uh, we actually have a guest on the line who is a intricate pot of the New England Ghost Project, and uh, I don't know how we could function without him. I'd like to introduce to you our tech manager, Mr. Clay Rucker. Wow, I don't, hey, think, I've, I don't think I've ever heard him say that many positive things about me in one breath. I know. I've been drinking. I always say it about you, Clay. <laughs> oh, I know you don't, Maureen. That's, that's <laughs> why I like you. It's <laughs> wrong we don't well, like well, well. So I just, really call, I just really called in to get a uh, a pizza. Is this the right line? <laughs> you want a uh, extra cheese and pepperoni? <laughs> <laughs> well, Anyways, done, please. kids, we actually called for a reason. Uh, a, you know, before uh, what's his name Clay came on to <laughs> on the scene, uh, our our tech was a little um, archaic, I would think. Uh, I believe we referred to the existing cameras as the ghetto cams, I believe. Yeah, you're right. The lack of uh, technical expertise we had, right? <laughs> and we know As who we ran that, our right, technical Maureen? Ability. I'm like, what technical ability? We didn't have them. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> right. We had a radio. That's all because Maureen does not work in a tech field, as we know. Right. She does not sound. <laughs> she does not in the real world. We all know that. Hey, that's not my job, Maureen. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Maureen, this is when you do the hand upside the back of the head? Yeah, I would, but he's sitting facing me, so I'd have to smack him upside the head. Which is the you know what? Sometimes hey, you, you know. have to improvise, Maureen. But, but anyways, uh, so anyways... Clay, you actually brought us from the, the dark ages uh, to the middle ages in the uh, tech field. And uh, Middle ages? Yeah, well, there's still some improvement to do. So, anyways, uh, uh, what, why don't we go a little bit into, I mean, what we need and, I mean, what we use for uh, equipment? Uh, well, um, you can break the equipment that the Ghost Project uses into two different categories. There's what I would call the mobile equipment, and then what I would call the stationary uh, fixed equipment. So on the mobile right. equipment, we use uh, a combination of handheld meters, uh, handheld uh, cameras. Uh, we use uh, SLR cameras, um, and anything else that's portable that we can put into our jackets, such as temperature meters, uh, K2 meters, the EMF meters, things along those lines. For video equipment, when we're going mobile, we use a uh, we use Sony Handycam. Now, these little 
these little darlings are phenomenal because they have a built-in night vision capability that's actually pretty superior um, even to those that are, are used in more fixed cameras, you know, such as uh, uh, night vision security cameras and things along those lines. And then we enhance that with a, uh, an actual IR transmitter, if you would, that amplifies the amount of infrared light that the camera can see, so it allows us to penetrate further into a space and, and, and give us greater illumination. And those things have just been working out very well. Um, we are planning on hopefully soon upgrading them from a, uh, a disk medium. They record their images currently on disk to a hard drive medium. It makes it easier to download and, and analyze the, uh, the footage quicker. Um, we are working on that now, uh, uh, coming up with some new models, and Sony has some really impressive new models out that uh, I think is going to really help us to have the flexibility that we need. Um, and so, Russ, let, me, hmm? let me ask you this, Clay. If someone wa wanted to do, you know, without spending a ton of money, uh, but start moving in the proper direction, how would they go? What, what, what should they have and what, what should they get for as far as tech? And yeah, what do you look like price? Yeah, and, and, and you, I think you hit it right on the head. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars, you know, to, to, to be an amateur ghost hunter and to actually capture good, uh, solid evidence. You know, like I said, I mean, you can start off as simple as a, a little, uh, you know, $10 temperature meter and a, uh, uh, you know, a $20 uh, cell sensor type of uh, EMF detector that's used for detecting uh, cell phone signals and things along those lines. Those are two very basic pieces of equipment. A, a uh, digital voice recorder that allows you to, you know, record EVPs. You know, that's another ten dollars. Cheaper the better, actually. You know, if you want to step up and actually capture video and stuff, I would recommend a night vision handy cam type of unit, and they're about three hundred dollars at best. Now, and, uh, I, I actually got to bring something up, but we have to take a break right now and okay. uh, you hold on the line. Um, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on TojiNet, PowerX, Ghost Channel, and Beyond. And we'll be right back after the following um, messages and crap from TojiNet. Green is coming to Toginet Wednesdays at noon central time starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online too at celebrategreen.net and greenhalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to celebrate green. The radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready for Ready to Learn Mom with Stacy Kenberg on Toginet, debuting live September 2nd and then 10 a.m. central every Wednesday. 
Stacy Kennenberg is a wife, mother, author, publisher, speaker, motivator, consultant, blogger, and mom CEO. That's chief of everything officer, and she's coming to TogiNet to help you. As the ready-to-learn mom, Stacy is a nationally renowned education expert, an award-winning author with an expertise in children's education and mom entrepreneurship. Stacy is the founder and CEO of two publishing companies and the co-author of the award-winning and state-approved Let's Get Ready series with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten and Let's Get Ready for First Grade. Her books are truly making a difference with parents, kids, educators, and schools. Besides all of that, she's a hoot, and she's going to have great guests and take your calls, too. So get ready for Ready to Learn Mom with Stacy Kennenberg. Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central, starting September 2nd on TogiNet. Radio with a cutting edge. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International. Can you hear us now? We can hear you. <laughs> okay, we've had it with Skypes. We are now changing back to real live phones. So. Can Ron hold the phone. Yeah, whatever. Can you hear us all right? I can hear you fine. Okay. I can hear you better. All right, so there we go. We're back on uh, real land now, and everything's cool. But anyways, um, I actually wanted to mention uh, something about uh, IR cameras. Now, uh, I was able to pick up a great little camera. Uh, you know, it's probably the most inexpensive IR camera you can get, which is a, a Vitratron, Vitratron, I don't know what the hell it is, uh, from Staples anyways. And it has the IR meters and everything. It was like 59 bucks. It used little uh, SD cards. Uh, but uh, if someone wants to start with IR, I think that's probably a good way to start if they ain't got a, a wad full of cash. That's right. I forgot about that little camera that you got. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it definitely would save you a, a lot of money. So, anyways, Clay. I mean, we, 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 anybody who has a question, by the way, for uh, uh, Tech or Marina, myself, the number is eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. Clay, how did how did you get interested in the paranormal? I mean, I, I I always ask that question, anyway. So, why not ask you? Well, it actually, uh, if you really want to know, and you, you know, hey, you got an hour, I'll I'll explain it. Um, <laughs> it actually started my first. Curiosity started when I was about six. Um, I had a, a a weird obsession with uh, cemeteries. Was that puberty or really? <laughs> Stop that, Ron. I'll hit him. See, All right, go ahead. This is why I don't share with Ron. I know. You never know when it's going to come back to haunt you. How you get these work. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I constantly made my parents stop at these old Indian uh, cemeteries out on Eastern Long Island. It was the Shinnecock Indians. You know, Excuse me, what was that? It was the Shinnecock Indians. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure, you know, why do I feel like I'm in a bad episode of I, Family Guy? Yeah, no kidding. This is not a, that kind of show, Ron. Keep it clean. <laughs> so you say. So anyway, my, my first real, um, I guess, um, experience with the paranormal was uh, I was a teenager and I went away to a boarding school and somebody had made a homemade Ouija board. And we were in, our dorm was built uh, originally in 1700 and something. And uh, it was the original school founder's house. And uh, we were on the third floor, which was the attic. And uh, we, you know, started messing around this uh, Ouija board. Now, you got to remember, you know, we're all a bunch of cocky, you know, 15 and 16-year-olds. And, no, you and, still haven't changed. <laughs> 
No, I just look better. Um, <laughs> Don't count on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera doesn't lie. Anyway, so uh, we started doing this message, you know, Ouija board, and it was starting to play out messages. All of a sudden, we could all see our breaths in the room. And the kid who ha- whose room it was was an artist, and he had all these dangling things on, on uh, uh, fishing line from the ceiling. <laughs> and they all started blowing around and everything. Well, you know. We're all brave, macho teenage boys, women, basically screaming out of the room. Uh, none of us to sleep in there for at least the next four or five nights. So that was my first experience with uh-huh. it, and it kind of piqued my curiosity as to, well, we all felt it. You know, it, you know there were no drugs involved, I promise. I never inhaled. And <laughs> we couldn't figure out what that was, you know. And uh, a picture was taken, and, and I need to find it. And in uh, one of the... Uh, Mirrors, you could actually see uh, what looks like the silhouette of Mr. Lehman, uh, who was the school's founder. So that, that kind of creeped everybody out. And I'm actually, I have that picture and I need to find it. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, so that was my big first. Couldn't have been floor. somebody cool, right? It had to be. Yeah, cool well, because you know, we were up, up past curfew. You know, messing around when we weren't supposed to. You know. And he's coming in to tell you, you know, you're not behaving. But to see your breath. You know, in a room that was about 72 degrees prior to that. Yeah, I work with Maureen. I see her breath all the time. Hey! <laughs> yeah, but Ron, we smell yours. Anyway, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Clay. Yeah, you're welcome, Maureen. Got you back. So, anyway, that, those were my first experiences. And so, then, wait, let me ask you this. You're growing up in Rhode Island. Then, Long I mean, Island. Wait, same thing. Not even close. Long Island's bigger, that's all. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Growing up on Long Island, I mean, you must know of the Annaville Horror House and, of course, of all the dastardly deeds that happened there. Uh, don't even get me started. I actually did a uh, complete research paper on that place. Really? Um, first of all, um, there are some truths to the legend, and I'll start by saying that, yes, it was built by John Ketchum. Yes, it was built uh, on uh, an Indian burial area, a sacred burial area. Yeah, they what is it, though? You know what I mean? Um, I did verify all that, and I forgot the Indian tribe um, name. And then, but however, my mother actually looked and almost bought that house. Ooh. Um, that would have been cool. Uh, really, Maureen, I, I've been in it. Um, I've talked to all the neighbors. Uh, I've talked to the, well, at the time was the current owners. There were no reports of any big beasts with red eyes in the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically the eldest son who was whacked out on drugs and was upset with the father because the father wasn't, you know, wasn't caving in on something that he wanted. Anyone mm-hmm. knows his whole family. Yeah. You know, and, and there were no blood on the walls and there was, you know, and the Lutzes, um, in the research that I could find, had taken out a mortgage on that house that was way beyond their means. His business started to fail. So he couldn't make his payment. So in the middle of the night, they left, leaving everything behind uh, to try to skip out. So basically, you're telling me that this the whole thing is a hoax, then? Um, from everybody I've talked to and interviewed, and I, I was really obsessed with it uh, for a while. Um, I, you know, I, I know the Warren. I think it was the Warrens went in there. Um, yeah. And yeah, I know they said, oh, they, you know, they felt some things, but there's some inconsistencies there uh, as well. I found. Um, that they kept, you know, there was a number of people who 
kept trying to get a hold of the Lutzes to get into the house to do the, you know, to verify their claims, and then they would come in, and then they wouldn't. They would say, "Yeah, come in," and then they would push them away, and then they—it was just there were so many inconsistencies in the story. It just—it didn't add up. And well, my I will conclusion, say, no. as far as um, sorry to interrupt you, Clay. That's okay. Uh, no, she's not. <laughs> I am. Um, I would say that we—I think it was Sean, right? That uh, Sean Portier, he had, you know, well, he actually had worked with Kristen. Kristen. <laughs> Kristen Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think wind. my life is easy. It's been a rough day. But anyway, the um, what he had said is he he actually brought this container of some of the soil that came from the basement or part of the basement, the dust and so forth, mm-hmm. and he brought it to one of the events we had gone to. Um, and I have to tell you, you know, at first I'm like, yeah, whatever. But he opened up the container and he opened the top and he really they really didn't say too much about it, but he put it right in front of my face. And I have to say it was really... It was a horrible feeling. It was nasty. The energy was really bad. It felt tainted, right. um, and it was very dark. And so, and that was only coming from a small piece of the the foundation of the area. And I think he even said that some of that dust or whatever it was he had from that house that had been given to him, he had used it one day, and it was in his house, and it was like a regular sunny day, no problem outside. And supposedly, this is what we heard, that they were doing some kind of ceremony, and they're green door on the house, like, blew open, ripped off its hinges, and went flying down the street. Yeah, but he's the same guy that said that the chair was haunted at uh, the Witch Salem house. So. Well, I can't say about that. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I, you, know, you know, I mean, if you're picking up on negative energy, there's, there's, that's not surprising, because the area was a, um, is where the, they did detain and um, eventually bury their insane of the of the tribe, um, so that I mean I did was able to confirm that, um, and you know there was tragedy in that house. I mean what happened there was was pretty horrific, you know. So I'm I'm not I'm not surprised. And then also the Indians did um, there was a fight with John Ketchum and the I guess the Indian elders or whatever, and they did curse him, uh, curse that land and curse him. Oh yeah, the good old. So well, I mean, think about it though. You know, but, I mean, that would... might be why you're, you're definitely sensing the negativity there. Yeah, well, now, we had mentioned something. I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier, but we did kind of mention something that, you know, that sometimes, you know, you get this negative energy that's kind of lying around, and you have someone that's weakened for some reason, and it's easy for that negative energy to pounce in. So who's to say, you know, that, yeah, all these other things might not have been seen by anybody else, but what would drive a kid... To, to murder their family, right. right? So what if he took drugs or was in some kind of funky state and he was just wide open, allowing whatever it was to come through? You don't know. Oh, I, I don't I don't dispute that at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean... Definitely something snapped in him to do what he did. Right. Because it was so horrific. And then there's, I mean, I don't question the fact that he did what he did. You know, what his motivations for doing it, and very well, I mean, you know, I've learned a lot in working with the Ghost Project over the last, you know, number of years and... You know, I've seen stuff that I could actually understand where there would be an influence. Um, my thing was the house itself, like, I've, I've been in it. You know, and, and yeah. granted, I'm a brick. Um, no, you're not. But, you yeah, know, I, I don't, you know, I didn't feel anything. My mother, who... Except dolls. Who, except for dolls. Darn it. <laughs> he won't always go, worked that anyway. into everything. Um, you know, the, I, I didn't, you know, and, and people that were with me never felt anything. And my mother, who's 
crazy. Um, uh, if anybody, you know, out of our group uh, would have sent something, it definitely would have been her. Um, you know, and she was like, God, there's nothing there. Really? So, you know, maybe it just was just on a bad cycle or, it, or it was Well, maybe over. it's gone, you know? Or it might be gone. They, I mean, you know, it's they've very possible that, it, you know, whatever's there is only active certain times and not all. You don't, you just don't know. Right. Well, you or know, they, they vaulted the house, which would be nice. They vaulted the house so you can't tell anymore. Ah, but you know what? Yeah, they took the, the two windows out. Yep. And they Sometimes changed the altering the house, then they leave, which is good. Yeah, what's that? Sometimes I think when you alter a house, too, um, potentially whatever's there could just change location and leave. Oh, sure. You know? I, I, think, I think, though, to your point with the, the land, I think it's in the land. Yeah, it's very possible. Long Island was a hotbed of, because there were so many uh, Native Americans there, and they were all kind of badly treated. I hate to tell you, but they were everywhere, and they were all badly treated, so get over it. Hey, be nice. <laughs> Again, upside the head. Or no, it's like facing him. Bam. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so Laura, that was that was one of my my obsessions. So I I kind of poo poo it um, just because you know I I couldn't find anything. I didn't feel anything. You know, and there were just so many inconsistencies that it it just it made the skeptic in me step up to the forefront. Very interesting, but I you know I mean there's a lot out on this, and, and if anybody wants to add to it, by the way, we're talking about the Anne O'Hara House and how Clay thinks it's a <laughs> Bunch of bull crappy. But uh, anyways, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or you can reach us live in the TogiNet chat room or the Pararex chat room or the Ron Kola chat room. Hey, what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, hey, you don't want to go to that one. I have to actually ask a question while we're waiting in case someone actually asks us if they questions about the Amityville Horror. Um, has anybody seen the paranormal movie? Oh, for God's sakes. How do we get on that? I, just, oh, I heard it's extremely scary. I heard it was scary. Yeah, but Nobody you, Clay, a doll is scary, so do I have to rest my case? <laughs> Nobody will go with me. Why? I don't know. Nobody will go to the movie with me. Anyway, Kathy, wait, wait, wait. Do you blame him? I've heard stories. What? Never mind. Why? Oh, mm-hmm. those stories. All right, we'll keep those out of it. Anyway, <laughs> things tend to get shocked up when I get all freaked out. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, so yes. I, I can reverse the Amityville thing. Yes, what? Say, I've tried to explain what happened to me at Houghton. Yeah. Or at Hooten. the Hooten Mansion. Sorry, Hooten. Um, and I cannot convince anybody that that happened. You cannot convince anybody that happened? Yeah, saying, that, yeah that's that what, happened, what happened to me happened. I, I could not. They all look at me like I got 12 heads. Well, see, now you have a lot in common with me. <laughs> yeah, you're both and wackos. We're not wacko, Clay. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you have a friend in me. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> see, that's why I like you, Maureen. I don't like Ron. More, yeah, see? More nuts from the Stain Asylum Escape. Hey, stop it. <laughs> hey, Seriously, so can I tell you about a thing I'm working on for the what? Ghost Project? So, you know how we've, we've talked about using motion sensors? Yeah. Well, I'm really close to finalizing a system I want to use. Um, and probably in the next maybe three weeks, you know, or in the next event that we have in, uh, past the next three weeks, mm-hmm. I'm, going to be able, I'm going to be ready to test that system. Really? Yeah. So, you know how we talked about, you know, let's, let's talk for, uh, for about Moltenboro when the books fell? Yeah. You weren't there? 
I want to try to set up a system so that if there are rooms where we, we've been told or you sense that there's activity, yet we can't have a camera in, in such a, a great number of places, mm -hmm. I want to set up these motion detectors. Um, and then I want to tr I'm trying to get them to trigger the video cameras to operate. Really? So if we have like a locked off camera in there, that's trying a cool to get idea. them to trigger the camera. You know, kind of the inspiration, I, I wish I could take full credit for it. But but I can't. Wait a minute, isn't that just like one of those target cameras they use out in uh, the woods? Kind of something like that, but those are very. I, I, unfortunately, I have a shoestring budget. Um, those, are, those are wicked cheap. What do you mean, Barry? No, only cheap if you use film. If you use uh, digital, it's right. expensive. Well, I wouldn't use anything but film, so therefore digital is, I mean, it's cheap. But those, those are, aren't those, those are uh, like... Um, uh, Mark Nesbitt from uh, Ghost of Gettysburg used them, and he, he swears by them. He thinks they're awesome. But those are regular cameras. Right. right? I want they have video. digital. They have digital as well. But I want video. Oh, I see. I, w I want video. I don't, I don't want just a still camera. But Wait, they, let me ask you this. What about putting a room where you have... Do we do it already where we put a camera facing another camera to see if something gets knocked over? Then you have the IR bounce off the IR, yeah, the which problem makes is, a mess. Yeah, exactly. If it's in night vision mode, one camera blinds the other camera. Oh. So I, that's why I'm saying if I could do it with a video, I'm trying to get it to do it with a video so that it instantly basically puts it into record mode so that we can try to capture there's something moving across the field of vision of the camera. And what we'll do is we'll try to set the cameras back into the corner, you know, so you have almost like a fisheye effect. And then have the motion sensors daisy-chained within the room. So this way, if something moves across the room, across the field of the vision of not only the motion sensors, it'll also move across the vision of the, of the camera. So hopefully the camera will, be, will capture, you know, a shadow or, you know, or the holy grail of an actual image. Um, and as it moves, but they'll be, you'll see, um, if this works, you'll see the actual motion sensors light up. So then I won't be caught changing in my room again. Um, that was the primary motivator for coming up with this new technology. Mm. Now, somewhat Larry actually, or Larold online, basically said that most Digicams are video capable now, no? And Kodak makes a cheap one for 300 bucks. Yeah, I can get one for 50 bucks. Don't feel bad. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. What did you say? He said that Digicams, um, digital cameras that are video capable now. Right. Um, he asked if they don't make those Digicams video capable now and a Kodak one for 300 bucks, he thinks it's available. Well, the, the, if you're talking about the regular cameras that have the video mode, um, my experience with them so far has been twofold. One, the resolution is not so great. Um, not that I'm looking for HD resolution, but, mm -hmm. you know, a better resolution because you're looking for, um, you know, you're looking for what could be very faint distortions, um, right. where if you had a low resolution, it kind of gets lost in the noise, um, or you could miss it in the noise, basically. And then um, the other issue I had with them was um, there's not a lot of uh, night vision, like, I have, none of my, my digital cameras have, um, you know, other than my video cameras, have um, night vision capability. I, there might be some out there, and that might be, I believe, what he might be talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's Kodak makes one, I'll have to go check into it. 
But, you know, we're trying to do this on a shoestring budget, so $300 uh, for a gamma probably isn't going to happen. Um, yep, I hear you. What are you trying to say, that I'm cheap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really trying not to be that cheap. blunt. <laughs> Is bird in here? Cheap, 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 <laughs> cheap, cheap. Come on, anyway, Ron, take George Washington out and let him see the light of day. Uh, there are lots of ways to uh, accommodate. Uh, anyway. We have birds in the audience? Are we done with the cheap, cheap shit? I'm sorry, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's listening that um, you know, has any... Uh, Not anymore, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> ...has any suggestions, uh, you know, feel free to email me uh, through the NEGP website. I'm always looking for new ideas and, and new science projects. Really? Um, yeah, well, you can tell what I did in high school, right? I was the AV guy. Uh, you were the geek. Yeah, it was. Except I'd never had a pocket protector, though. I'm very proud to say. There's always time. Now, Jim, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Jim has two. <laughs> now, I actually, somebody just emailed me a, a photograph they want me to analyze. Really? Mm. Photograph of what? Uh, Hilldale Cemetery. Interesting. So I'm going to describe this as only I can describe it. So here it comes, I guess. Anyways, Clay, um, what do you look for as far as, I mean, you were talking about, uh, what about uh, the obelisk or, or, I mean, do you think that's uh, worth spending money on? The obelisk? Yeah. What's the obelisk? Oops. <laughs> I guess you weren't there at Spectral Evidence. No, I wasn't. I was over at the other building. Uh, with Patrick Burns? Uh, yeah, I was over. I wasn't there. Okay, now I, I, for the, for our fa- for our fans, by the way, we, we I have a uh, a photograph in front of me, which is a gravestone, and you can see there's a, a lot of reflection, um, which looks like a fog on on the thing. And if you look into the woods, you can actually see the eyes of a face in the woods. But um, I mean, it's clearly evident uh, by viewing this. That uh, oh my god yeah okay yeah it's uh, interesting. Oh yeah, thank you, Leslie. But uh, you know it, it's part of the. Uh, Laura had a great idea. Uh, I just sent her a. Uh, um, Laura is our photographer for the NEGP, and someone sent in a photograph, and she had a great idea. She says. You know, when you go out, what you ought to do is is take a flashlight and then just view uh, the scene through your finder with the flashlight. So you need, you know, you see what reflections do to the surface you're actually shooting at. And I think it's a great idea because you can catch a lot of uh, uh, things. All right. I don't know. I'm looking at this photograph. It does I do see a face in the woods. That's all I can tell you. Well, we kind of do that when we do the, uh, when we get catch evidence on the camera, right, at base station, we'll go back and try to debunk it by doing those kinds of things, at least with the video. Hmm. Juan's just so focused on the picture. Yeah, I know. God. <laughs> Are you about to burning? You co-host? What's I'm that? just, like, watching you, like, for reactions or something. Can't you, like, do something? All right, speaking of it, I actually have this video that I uh, – Someone sent to me, and I was going to show Ron later. I'll put maybe I can get Ron to put it on a link. Um, actually, this person sent it to me. He went to um, Lilydale 
out in New York City? Oh, uh, yeah. No, well, Chattanooga, New York area. That's that's uh, where the uh, spiritualist uh, thing all started. Exactly, and there was some kind of bed and breakfast that they went to investigate. Yep, it's called the uh, dead purpose person's breakfast thing. Oh, it is not. Yeah. Anyway, the they yeah. sent me this video clip that they picked up there when they were investigating, and I'll tell you, it's really cool because you see this hallway, and at the end of the hallway, you see like the stairs going down, but you see a shadow kind of going down the stairs, back up the stairs, and make it, and there was no person around the cameras or anything. So it's interesting. You know, I'd like to, to have seen more about it, but um, maybe I can get Ron to link it, and you guys, and anybody of our listeners would like to watch it. Maybe you could take a peek. Yeah, whatever. See, he's so enthusiastic. Uh, I would like to see it, Maureen. All right, thank you. I will send it to you, Clay. You know, it's interesting. Ever since the uh, the book came out, Ghost Chronicles, I have been, like, inundated with people sending me photographs and uh, all kinds of, I don't, you name it, has been here, asking to join the team, blah, blah, blah. So if I haven't answered your emails back, I'm just totally sorry because I'm, like, buried with emails right now, which I was anyways. But um, So, Clay, I mean... Of all the investigations you have uh, done with the uh, the Ghost Project, what did you find in the most interesting one? That's a tough one. We've been to some pretty cool places. Um, I have to admit, I think Gettysburg was the utopia of paranormal activity. Was it the poppy and lost in the woods following Maureen's lead? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I believe you were up there as well. Ron. That's right. And, and I we don't can't help but don't expect someone to be drinking in, in the woods. Huh? We don't need a flashlight walking through the moon, oh, no kidding. moonless night through the woods. Yeah. So no, actually. Something uh, <laughs> light. I mean, our our little event uh, in 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 the park at night, um, you know, getting growled at and and uh, told to get out um, by something in the woods that clearly wasn't there when it shined a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, probably was uh, flashlight, huh? Huh. Hmm. Why? Flashlight, huh? That was a flashlight. Yeah. No. Okay. Nothing. Um, well, Clay, I have to say, it's time to say goodbye to you. Okay. You want to thank you so much for calling in, and uh, if you have any tech questions, by the way, uh, uh, you can send them to uh, Clay uh, R at uh, anyghostproject.com. He has his own uh, little web. Site there and gets a lot of porn on it, but whatever. Ixnay <laughs> <laughs> on the porn, eh? Yeah, no kidding, eh? No. <laughs> so, Clay, thanks for, thanks Thank for calling you in. Very much. All right, guys, see you soon. I'll see you on Saturday at the old manse. I'll see you at the manse. Bye. 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 So, anyways, I mean, that that kind of didn't go the way I wanted, but really? whatever it does. Yes, thanks. Uh, so, anyways, we do. We are, we are it's the last ghost hunt of the season. Uh, that's this year, I guess, and that will be at the Old Man's this Saturday. Uh, you can get, uh, you can register at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Uh, that's linked on our website, or you can go to our website, which is anyghostproject.com, and click on the link, and that will take you right in there. So, so what's the deal with um, this video? I mean, um, I'm actually going to put it out on right now because I just found it. Copy the link. All right. I'm going to put it out for everybody. How are you going to put it out? I'm going to put it on here. Really? Yeah. Oh, so if you go to Tojinet chat room, there's a big, long link. If you you click on that. It's the knickerbockerlinesville.com, blah, 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 blah. You'll see some. uh, video and comment. So. Yeah. Take a look at it. Seriously. You know, it's not on Facebook, is it? I mean, on um, MySpace, is it? 
No. Yeah. I don't believe I mean, uh, YouTube or whatever? No. There's more crap on there than you'll ever I know. I don't believe so. Mm, interesting. That's a problem. Most, most people see stuff in the Internet and they think it's real. It's the Knickerbocker's blog in okay. Pennsylvania, Spirited Place. All right, fine. So, there you go. There you go. I mean, I've seen all kinds of stuff on, uh, I've seen... Who's asking you? Okay. I'm putting it out for everybody else to make their own judgment. Isn't that what you say all the time? Absolutely. Do all whatever right. your little heart's desire. All I know is I'm going back to the science. Oh, Back kidding. to the basics. Oh, yeah, right, whatever. La, 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 la. You just want to get rid of those hot flashes. And you bet your butt. And, uh, I, want to, I was much more know. happy when, when I was not feeling anything. <laughs> <laughs> and working with Deal you, with it. working with with you it. has dropped me to the ah! pits of the earth. I can only hope. The dark side. Your wish is my command. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry you're not going to be with us next week. Uh, uh. I'm traveling. Yeah, it's a shame. So stay stay tuned next week for a very special episode of Ghost Chronicles Book of Shadows, which will be a paranormal scientist and a Salem witch takes you on a journey into 17 true hauntings. Good night. God bless. God bless. Ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bumping in the night. Deliver us good morning.